back to episode 16 of Money Equals M Squared, brought to you by Lagus Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. My name is Mike Torello, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Lucas, as we go through today's topic, planning for insurance. So today we're going to talk about the different types of insurance that we help people with, um, how you can take advantage of them, and really how to calculate how much insurance that you should have. So we're going to talk about life insurance, um, the different types of insurance that you have and where you can use it. We're going to talk about long-term care insurance and what it does and why it's important for people to have, as well as disability insurance and the two major types there, as well as why it's important to have it if you don't have that through your employer. All right, let's dive right into it, Mike. Uh, Let's first talk about life insurance. The main type of life insurance is term insurance. And term insurance is insurance in its simplest form. Um, There is... Typically, no cash value that comes along with it. It covers you for a certain time frame or a certain term. After that term, in most cases, the life insurance is gone. And it covered you for that time frame. A lot of times in this scenario, it's going to give you that peace of mind, knowing that, God forbid, something happens to you, your family's taken care of. Right. The term insurance is going to cover you for the largest needs of that you need to replace should you pass away prematurely. It's pure insurance, the same way that you have insurance on your house or insurance on your car. You hope that you never use it because it's not there for your entire life. It's only there for the time period that you're purchasing it for. And if you do end up using it, it means that you passed away prematurely. So what are, Mike, what are some of the things that people use term insurance to cover inside their life? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, a lot of major life events you're gonna to look to, to have some type of term insurance to cover it. For instance, if someone has a baby, you know, you wanna make sure that, that the baby and the family is protected for that certain amount of time frame where they normally will grow up and move out of the house and that's right around college area. Um, other things are, you know, buying a house. Obviously when you buy a house, it's a, it's a big time commitment. You take on a big time amount of debt normally. And in that type of scenario, you, if something were to happen to you prematurely, you want to make sure that that debt is paid off, You know that you don't have to worry about leaving behind a burden to a family member. Exactly. Yeah. The first reason that most people come to us about um, life insurance in general and where we usually default into some term insurance is replacing the income of you know both spouses when they get married or like you said, when they have a baby, because now there's more people relying on your income than just yourself. And when we start talking about you know, retirement planning and planning for the future and everything like that, we're assuming that everyone's going to be there until the end of the plan. So we need to replace that income should someone not be there to make sure things happen. Like you said, like the mortgage gets paid off or you're still able to send a child to college or just those regular everyday expenses. Yeah, I mean, any plan worth having, we always talk about, Mike, is worth protecting, you know, and a lot of times the term insurance plays an important role in making sure you can accomplish that plan. You know, and the, the term insurance is nice because it's inexpensive. And I think, you know, some of the statistics show only one half of 1% of people die with term insurance. So, you know, those one half of that 1% of people that die with it, they really needed it. In a lot of cases, they might need even more. So, you know, it's important to have that as a part of a plan, you know, just in case you do fall under that circumstance. Absolutely. So the next type of life insurance that we, you know, we help people out a lot is more of your permanent types of insurance, which permanent type of life insurance takes on many different forms with many different products, which I don't want to dive into. 
Um, but the main way that I would summarize, you know, permanent insurance is that's insurance that the death benefit is going to be there for your entire life. There are going to be some living benefits involved in that plan, such as uh, cash value that can grow either based on an interest rate, a fixed interest rate, or it could grow based on some stock market performance. And you have access to that while you're still alive. Um, the main thing with, you know, whole life insurance or permanent insurance that a lot of people like is you're guaranteeing a death benefit to pass on to your family. So where we try to use permanent insurance is when someone comes to us and says, I want to leave a legacy to my family, to my kids. No one knows when they're going to pass away. So the easiest way to guarantee that is, is through a permanent policy. Yeah. And just like any other life insurance, the, the younger you are, typically the more inexpensive it's going to be. So the earlier you get started with something like this, the more affordable that it can be. And there's all different types of permanent life insurance. There's some for you pay forever. There's some that have flexible premiums where you, you can either increase it or decrease it in, in specific times. And there's some that are limited pay policies where you're only paying to a certain time frame, and then they're paid up forever and you'll have, continue to have your life insurance forever. Yeah, and what's nice about those is if you take advantage of them at, you know, at a young age, you're able to pay them off or, or lower the amount of premium you know, when you enter the later phases in your life like retirement. And now you're able to take that premium out of your budget and help with your overall retirement planning while still accomplishing the goal of the plan, which is to leave money onto your family or you know, a charity or something like that without having to worry about paying those premium bills when you're now retired and on more of a fixed income. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to, to kind of sum this up, you know, the, the whole life in, in a term life, just like your investments, you want to be diversified. Same thing with life insurance. You know, it doesn't make sense to have, you know, all your eggs in one basket unless you really can afford a, a permanent policy that covers your, your, all of your insurance needs. But I think it's important to have a combination of the two to get you to, you know, an area where you're comfortable. Absolutely. So I think the, the, the biggest question, you know, that we, we still need to talk about, though, is how much insurance should I have? Um, you know, when we're, when we're helping a client figure out, you know, what type of life insurance they should have, that's pretty easy, right? It's, it's what can you afford? When are these needs happening? Are they something that's going to go away or is it something that's going to last forever? Those are kind of the questions we ask, but the bigger question is how much coverage should I have? So when you're working with a client, how do you help them determine how much that they should have in coverage? Well, I mean, you know, with that scenario, everyone wants to cover different things. You know, some people, you know, might potentially just want to cover half of a house or, you know, half of a college education for a child. So I think everyone is, is unique in that type of scenario. So when we're sitting down with clients, we want to make sure that they're covering all the things that are on their list to cover. But that can include things like paying off a mortgage, uh, include things like sending kids to school. Um, it, it could be replacing any type of income that, you know, someone may have, you know, so um, it lets you and Eileen in that this scenario, God forbid something were to happen to you, you, you know, Eileen counts on a lot of your income right now. So you'd want to make sure that income is replaced. Okay. So that way she can continue to live just like she's living now. It's hard when someone passes away, but it's even harder when there's not enough money to, to handle that situation. So what we try to do is make sure that no matter what happens, you know, we try to make the process as smooth as possible. We'll never be able to bring that person back, but what we can do is make sure that moving forward, their, their money 
and, and these type of things are not a problem to that family. Right. I mean, I mean, you said the, the biggest thing you said there is we want to accomplish everything that the person wants to have. And we want to make sure we line item those things out because we can't bring the person back. We want to make sure that the goals that they had for their life and for their family can still be accomplished financially, even though that they aren't here. And in our process, you know, we use some formulas and things like that, but it's pretty simple. We're going to take a look at, okay, you want to have X amount for college. We're going to put that much aside. We're going to want to take X amount for the mortgage. We're going to put that much aside. If you want to, you know, if you make this amount per year and you want to have that coverage until your kids get out of college, you know, that's going to be 20 or 25 years of income replacement that we're going to have. Some people want their income replaced until they retire. So that way they know that their spouse is fully taken care of. It all depends on what the client's asking. And the basic way that we do it is we're just going to add up those costs and figure out a total number. And then that's the ideal number of life insurance that we're then going to apply for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then one of the things, one of the parts that gets most complicated, Mike, is the income replacement uh, line item. Because, you know, let's say, you know, we want to replace $50,000 a year for 10 years. Yeah, well, easy math, that's $500,000. But if you were to pass away, it's not like we're gonna just keep that money sitting in cash. It will earn interest. So there are factors that we use to help figure out how much that would need to replace. You know, so for instance, it might only, we might only have to have $425,000 to then replace that 10 years of $50,000 income. So there's formulas that we use to help calculate to, to make that money last as long as possible and get it working too. Yeah, so I mean, that's the biggest thing is just to, go through that process and really explain, you know, here's what I want covered. Let us do the math to figure out the exact number that we would need in a life insurance death benefit to be able to pay the bills and the things that we want in the future from when they're available. Um, so we talked about, you know, kind of the needs and everything like that. Let's go into a little bit about actually applying for life insurance. When should somebody do it? You, you kind of teased it a little bit at the beginning, but what are you telling your clients about when they should be calling you to apply for new insurance or more life insurance? Well, we, yeah, major events. You know, so a lot of times if someone's having a baby, if we're purchasing a new house, you know, we, we know those things are coming. We usually don't get blindsided with them. So you want to prepare for those type of things. It's a high stress time to begin with, you know, having kids, buying a house. It, it's, it's stressful to begin with. So having life insurance taken care of prior to that or in that process helps you rest a little bit easier at night. But the application process, Mike, tell us a little bit about, you know, what do you need when applying for life insurance? Yeah, so so the biggest thing now, I mean, from, from an ease of convenience, um, a lot of applications that we go through are electronic. You know, ba um, back in the day when we both first started, um, applications were 30, 40 pages of paperwork long. It was, it was like signing a mortgage trying to go through all these questions. Um, now, basically, we're going to go through an initial health interview with you. We're going to ask you some basic health questions. The general question that we ask everyone is, is there anything we should know about that would affect you from getting our best rates? Everyone knows that if they have a history of things like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, major problems in their life, and they can share that with us so that way we know before we actually put the application in. From there, we would work with our underwriters to see what type of rate that we should quote them. But if they have nothing major wrong, we're just going to ask them a couple basic health questions, fill the application out online. And then from there, they're going to get a couple phone calls from the insurance company to answer some more questions. And potentially, they might have to do 
a in-person physical exam. The in-person physical exam is, is very simple. Um, the insurance company sends a, a nurse to the house that's gonna generally draw blood and urine, weigh you, measure you, ask you a couple questions, really just a personal face-to-face -face interview. And then they're gonna send those results on to the underwriter who's gonna make your final decision. Um, once that happens, we'll get a, a firm offer back on what your actual rate's gonna be. And from there, we're able to say, let's move forward or I can't afford this and let's take out less. Yeah, I mean, so you brought up a lot of good points, very detailed with that. Even beforehand, when we're going through illustrations with clients, you know, the rule of thumbs, these are general quotes, okay? Uh, we have to figure out and go through this whole process before we get an actual quote on what it's worth. Um, and a lot of times, you, you know, people are reluctant to do that, but it doesn't cost anything to apply for it, you know, and, and, and it's at least you know exactly what that cost will be. So. You, you explained the, the process, you, you know, very detailed on it. And it's nothing more than that. You know, if you could just kind of follow those simple steps, you know, we'll get through the process, you know, and, and, and from there, we'll have a result, whether it's yes, no. And then it's not just yes or no. There are uh, other different types of things that scenarios. So what are some of those scenarios that are out there? Yeah. So sometimes um, the, the biggest change is they'll come back with a, a different rating class, which will change, which will change the price. And that could mean that your insurance is cheaper or it's more expensive based on, on the way that your health interviews came through. And you know, a lot of times, um, if you're extremely healthy, you don't even have to go through the entire process and they're able to offer you some better rating classes and things like that with some of the abbreviated underwriting programs that are out there. So at that point, you know, when they say either it's more expensive, less expensive, you know, based on the rating class, we're then able to adjust the policy and take out more coverage, less coverage, or the same coverage and just change the price. <laughs> And there are, there are providers out there, let's say you do have some you know, health concerns, you know, whether it potentially maybe history of cancer or, or, or high blood pressure, diabetes, there are carriers out there that are known to accept those type of cases on a more regular basis. Absolutely, and that, that's one of the, the major reasons to make sure you're working with us as opposed to trying to just do this on your own is because we're able to have conversations with our internal team to say, this is what was disclosed to us, is this the right carrier to go with? Um, anytime someone discloses anything as far as major medical with us, we're going right away to our internal teams because they know the underwriting background of each different insurance carrier. And some are more favorable for things than others are. Makes sense. Awesome. So let's just take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about long-term care insurance and disability. All right. Welcome back. So again, we're talking about planning for your life insurance need here on episode 16 of Money Equals M Squared. So before the break, we talked a lot about life insurance, the different types of insurance, and really calculating how much that you would need to have in order to be fully covered. So let's change, change gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about long-term care insurance. So long-term care insurance is coverage for while you're still alive, if you were to have a long-term care event and end up in a facility or need some care at home. So Mike, why don't you go into a little more detail, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, long-term care, you know, it's something out there, it's a growing industry. I think a lot of clients who are baby boomers or retiring now, they've had to deal with long-term care with their parents. Um, and listen, health costs are going straight up. You know, there's no doubt about that. But what long-term care covers is the, the, the money or the cost to pay for some of these benefits that you would need. 
Um, you know, it, it can cover things, you know, in, in a hospital, you know, staying in a hospital a longer time frame. It can cover things where, you know, you're, you have to go into a long-term care facility or a nursing facility, um, all the way to the point where that's your permanent residence. The, it'll, it'll cover it for a certain time frame. And every long-term care contract's different. There's different times in there that that money will pay for and different amounts that it'll pay for. So it's important to take a look and make sure you're getting the proper amount of long-term care coverage for what your need is. But long-term care in general is money to pay for a lot of these needs where you become disabled. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest things that, that we always do when we're doing retirement planning for someone is we like to point out that the biggest thing that's going to throw the plan off the rails completely is a major long-term care event. Um, average long-term care cost in Connecticut is well over $10,000 per month if you were to end up in a, a skilled nursing facility or a nursing home. And if you're there for, say, just two years, that's over a quarter of a million dollars that you've now spent to rehab and now go back to your house. Well, what does that do to your retirement plan? And that, that's the biggest thing that we like to make sure that we put out in front of people so that way they're looking at it. Because like you said, long-term care insurance is going to provide cash to cover you know, the cost of being in a nursing home, an assisted living facility, or even having you know, a nurse come in and for some you know, home health care to be able to help you with what's called your activities of daily living. So um, there's some different types of um, different policies that people could have. So Mike, why don't you talk a little bit about what's becoming really popular nowadays is the, uh, the hybrid policies between long-term care and life insurance. Yeah, long-term care, it's evolved over time. Obviously, it's, it's expensive. You know, you're you're going to have to pay you know, a good amount of, of money for long-term care. And if you think about it, if, if you were to pass away and not have a long-term care event, unfortunately, a lot of that money is gone. It's wasted. So, you, you know, they're, they're becoming more products that are out there. One of the main ones that we've utilized is a hybrid product. So it's a form of a life insurance contract, uh, which we talked a little about earlier. That would be a permanent life insurance contract and a combination of long-term care. So your premiums that you pay would go into this pool. And if either you needed a long-term care or you passed away prematurely without needing long-term care, you would get some type of benefit from it. So it, it's a hybrid product that covers both of those areas. It's been very popular for us lately. Um, that's one of the main ones out there. What's another one, Mike? Yeah, so, so one of the other things um, that's really popular is your traditional long-term care policies, which as you said before is insurance in its purest form, right? It's similar to your term insurance policy on the life insurance side, where your traditional long-term care insurance is going to cover you for the entire time that you're alive, but it's only gonna provide a benefit if you have a long-term care event. So in these scenarios, the way the policies are built is they're gonna have a pool of benefits for a monthly maximum amount of insurance that you can, that they'll pay to the facility or to the care provider, and it'll provide benefits for a certain number of months. So you may have, you know, say $10,000 a month of coverage that'll last for say 36 months or three years. And then that becomes your pool of money that you can draw from, but you can't go over that $10,000 a month in benefits and the pool will go until it's depleted. So that's kind of your traditional long-term care policies that are there. That works together with the last part, which are called uh, partnership plans. So partnership plans became popular about 
20 or 30 years ago where individual states started working with long-term care providers to, to help with the cost of the insurance. And essentially, the way that partnership plans work is they have some minimum requirements in the policy. Things like minimum benefits, minimum inflation protection that must be there. And with your state, the way that it works is should you have a long-term care event, every dollar of coverage that gets paid out to a facility provides you with a dollar of what's called Medicaid asset protection. So essentially, you're able to protect assets from Medicaid should you finish out your long-term care benefit and now you have to start paying out of pocket. You're able to protect money from Medicaid if when you run out of money and you have to turn all your assets over to the state to continue to get care, you're still able to have some assets like your home or some money that's important because you have this Medicaid asset protection from your partnership plan. Yeah, there's so many times where we see, you know, clients, parents or something along those lines deplete all the assets that they have, you know, because, you know, they want to make sure they've worked hard their whole lives. They want to make sure they're receiving the proper care. So So what you're saying is this plan comes in and helps protect a portion of that asset. And that's determined prior to, to taking out the long-term care. So you know exactly amount of money that you can save without having to deplete all your assets to get on state aid. It, exactly. So but you basically, if you deplete the entire you know, long-term care policy, your entire benefit pool is what you're able to protect in assets there. So it, you know, again, it comes down to what's the particular need and the want for the client. Like, what is their goals here? Because if when the hybrid plan, like you said, you're going to have uh, a death benefit attached to it as well if you don't use the coverage. In your traditional plans, it's only long-term care insurance coverage and it's just going to cover you for that period of time. Where in the partnership plan, you're able to have the pure coverage as well as some protection on the back end for your assets that you've built up your entire life. Makes sense. All right, so let's talk a little bit now on how to calculate long-term care. Um, again, there's no rhyme or reason. It's, it's not this way is the best way with calculating care. A lot of it th- uh, talks about what you can afford, okay? Um, Mike, you talked about what you want to protect, okay? So if there's a specific dollar amount, you want to make sure that the state can't touch. You know, God forbid you were to be continuing in a nursing home for a longer period of time. So all of these factors kind of go into help calculating what type of life and what type of long-term care and what, you know, what you really want to protect, what type of benefit you want to get. Um, like you said before, there's monthly maximums. Obviously, we live in Connecticut. You know, a lot of things in Connecticut are more and more expensive. So you want to base that on where you live, what the average costs are, not necessarily now, but maybe even potentially down the line. I mean, we've seen inflation over the last six to eight months in every industry that's out there. So you, you might wanna think ahead about it. You know, if, you, if you're purchasing this in your 50s or potentially 60s, these events might not be triggered for 10 or 15 years. So you might wanna build in some extra cost inside this for some of that planning because these costs might be more expensive, you know, 10 or 15 years down the line when you might have that need. Right, and, and a lot of people are probably listening saying, you know, how would I know what it's gonna cost? You know, we, we talked a little bit about the cost of a, you know, a skilled nursing facility, you know, but what does assisted living look like? What do some of these home health care costs look like? 
Um, in Connecticut, the Connecticut Partnership for Long-Term Care is a, a resource that we use to help get these average costs. We're able to see what does it cost in your area. We're able to pull costs for exact facilities and things like that. So that way we're able to help you do the math. Again, similar to the life insurance. Don't do this by yourself. Ask us for help so that way we're able to help calculate it for you and we're able to help figure out, okay, this is the benefit pool that you should have to cover you and cover what your goals are. And then from there, we'll help figure out the product that not only makes the most sense for you, but you can afford for your entire life. Yeah, I mean, you know, to kind of sum that up, like any type of long-term care or life insurance that you purchase is probably better than zero at all. You know, so it's, so it's important to get something inside there. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be what we'd say like the Rolls Royce or, you know, the best product that's out there. Just something will help you get through that need. You know, it's just what you can afford in a comfortable level. Perfect. So uh, last thing wrapping up is really talking about disability insurance. So um, disability insurance is what's going to help replace your income should you become disabled and unable to go to work during your working years. So with disability insurance, there's really two major types. There's your short-term disability policies and your long-term disability policies. So short-term disability is primarily for disabilities that are going to last for less than six months. So that's going to be from the time you become disabled until six months, and then you can go back to work or you would, your long-term disability would kick in at that point. Short-term disability is generally um, expensive because it's what's most likely to be used because you might only be out of work for a month or two, and that's where these policies kind of kick in. <laughs> yep, it makes sense. If you're having a surgery or something along those lines, most of the time you're going to recover and get back to work. Absolutely. And so the biggest area where, where we see um, short-term disability, where a lot of people take advantage of it, is through uh, pregnancy and maternity leave. Um, you know, if you know mothers are out of work, um, after they've given birth, there's a specified amount of time in their policy that says they will get a percentage of their pay through their short-term disability policy to cover that pregnancy and giving birth and everything like that. Yep. So um, moving on to, to long-term disability, long-term disability is going to cover more of those long-term serious disabilities. Like I said, these policies usually don't kick in until you've been out of work for six months or more. So you're going to be out of work for six months before this policy even starts to pay you anything. But for the most part, these will pay you a certain amount of money per month for the entire time that you're disabled. Um, these are going to completely help you with replacement of income and things like that. So with those types of policies, Mike, why don't you talk a little bit just why it's important for people to make sure they have it, if it's offered through their employer benefits, to make sure they take advantage of it and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to look into it a little bit because a lot of these sometimes you, they might be included with our portion, you know, with work. But you can then go in and extend either the coverage, you know, or the amount that you get. And if you think about it, you know, a lot of these times, whether you're giving birth or whether it's a major surgery and things along those lines, Think about being you know, in pain and now not having money coming in. So it's really important to you know, have these policies kind of kick in to help you get through this time frame. Um, yeah, it's, it's not going to be the time to make you rich, but you, you can survive in that time frame and not have to worry about money. Um, and, and that's where these policies will come in and help you is it'll, it'll get you through that need, whether it's short term or whether it's long term. And the amount of cost that these are are very minimal. 
So that's why I think it would be important to put that in a, as part of a plan. Absolutely. So I think um, this really gave a, a good overview of you know life insurance, long-term care, and, and disability insurance. So let's um, let's wrap up here. Um, wraps up you know episode 16 money equals m squared make sure you check us out online at lltwm.com or on instagram at team llt thanks the views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of satara investment services any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, or attorney for details related to your specific risks, goals, and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. Lagos Lucas and Torello Wealth Management operates under Satera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of Lagos Lucas and Torello Wealth Management. You should always obtain a prospectus when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investment. The advice and strategies presented today are general in nature and should not be used in your planning until you consult with your attorney and CPA on your specific situation. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Asset allocation is an investment strategy that will not guarantee a profit or protect you from loss. Satera Investors is a marketing name of Satera Investment Services, securities and insurance offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity, 127 Washington Avenue, second floor west, North Haven, Connecticut, 06473, phone number 203-239-4545. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fees based on assets or registered representatives who offer brokerage services and receive transaction-based compensation or both an investment advisor representative or registered representative who can offer both types of services.